Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. All this week, Colin, we've been looking at this issue about God's mercy and we've learnt that God is lavish in bestowing mercy on us. But there is another side to that coin. In order to receive God's mercy, we have to show mercy to our fellow human beings. Now, what about the situation you were talking yesterday about being forgiving to those, say, who have raped a member of the family, those who have murdered somebody close to you? Perhaps somebody has swindled you out of a lot of money. Now, is it only the case that we are to show mercy to those people who ask for our forgiveness? Or is this mercy that we are expected to show to be to all, no matter whether they're repentant or not? Now, this is a very good question because, you see, what Jesus says is we must forgive from the heart. Now, that has got nothing to do with feelings. It's not forgiving from the emotions. I've said previously this week that if you wait till you have the right feelings towards the person that has wronged you, you probably never will forgive them. From the heart or by the influence of the heart in our lives, we make decisions. And what Jesus and the other New Testament writers are really encouraging us to understand is that we need forgiving hearts. It's all to do with the nature of the heart. Jesus said you must forgive from the heart. Now, if a person does not have a forgiving heart, every time there's an issue of forgiveness, not just the really serious things that you have mentioned, but even smaller things. Some people can be, get, can be hurt by the most trivial of things. And it's because they haven't got a forgiving, merciful heart. Now, if God's heart is merciful and full of compassion towards us, then he wants us to have merciful, compassionate, loving, forgiving hearts. Now, let me show you how this works. If I have a forgiving heart, then my automatic response to whatever happens to me, whether it's a small matter or even whether it's a large matter, will be to forgive. I think I've spoken on this program before about a member of our congregation some years ago who had a son murdered while he was on holiday in the Canary Islands. And when he heard of what had happened to his son, the father's reaction was, I must fly out immediately and go and visit his murderer in prison. I must tell him that I forgive him and show him that he needs Jesus. Now, I think all of us can wonder where such grace comes from, that your son who you love deeply, teenage son, has just been murdered, and of course you're grief-stricken and, and all that goes with that, and yet you can come to such a decision as to go out and want to visit in prison the murderer to say, I forgive you for murdering my son and you need Jesus. He could only do that because he had a forgiving heart. He understood that God's forgiveness was, for him was so great that 
he needed a forgiveness. He, 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 he'd understood that earlier in his life. Can you understand me? So uh, he already had that forgiving heart, even when he had to face such a crucial, violent issue as the murder of his own son. Now, you see, you can contrast that with a person who does not have a forgiving heart. Somebody says something to upset them, and they leave the church. And you think, well, wait a minute, this is crazy. You leave the church because somebody said something to upset you. You're supposed to forgive. You're supposed to love. You're supposed to work through these issues. You're supposed to come to a place of love, harmony, and unity because you're in a covenant, loving relationship with one another. What do you mean you leave a church because somebody upset you? You see, in a situation like that, the person does not have a forgiving heart. They have taken offense, and that is a very, very grievous sin. That sin of offense is far worse than whatever was said to that person because that person will go to another church and plant the same spirit of offense in that church, and it won't be long before they get offended again and then they move on again and the problem will go on in, in his or her life. You see, everything hinges around whether you have a forgiving heart or not. God wants us to have hearts after his own heart, and many people pray that. Oh, Lord, I want a heart after your own heart. Well, part of what will be involved in receiving such a heart is that you will receive a heart of compassion, a heart of mercy, a heart of forgiveness. Now, if there's anybody who's listening who realizes that they don't have such a heart, so every time somebody does something against you, to wrong you, to hurt you, you have to work through a whole lot of issues. Oh, boy, that's draining, isn't it? it wouldn't it be much better to get before God to acknowledge your need of his mercy yourself and to say, Lord, in your mercy, Work in me whatever needs to be done so that I have a merciful heart, so that in future when people forgive, wrong me, my attitude is forgive. When they speak against me, I forgive. Even when really difficult things happen, which are not of my making or choosing, I forgive. That's what God's heart is like. Just think how often we offend him, we grieve him, we hurt him, we fail him, but all the time he forgives, 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 forgives. Why? Because he has a compassionate, merciful, forgiving heart. And that's what he wants to reproduce in every one of us. So in other words, God doesn't want us to get involved in the business of judgment and justice and vengeance. He doesn't want us to judge other people. When you say he doesn't want us to be involved in justice, oh, he very much does. Uh, he wants us to pray for a righteous and just society and for righteous and just government. So he wants us to be involved in justice at that level. But he doesn't want us to be meeting out vengeance and vindictiveness towards other people just because they have treated us in such ways. But uh, we all know uh, Jesus' teaching that, you know, if, if uh, you receive a blow on one cheek, turn the other cheek. What's that? It's being merciful. That if you're forced to go one mile, because a Roman soldier could force any citizen in the time of Jesus to carry his burden for one mile. That was part of the law under the uh, Roman invasion. 
um, offer to go another mile. I mean, that is something that people would never normally do. They would have really, really, really been uh, annoyed that that they had been picked upon by this Roman soldier to carry the burden one mile. They had to do that. Nobody would would, uh, offer to go a second mile. But you see, when people do things like that, that would cause the soldier to ask, you want to go another mile? Why go another mile? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. You see, when we, when we put the Word of God into operation, it creates all kinds of opportunities for us to share the gospel with others. But when we simply react to circumstances like anybody in the world reacts, then we appear to be no different from the world. And we are different. We're a completely different people. We're the holy, set-apart people of God. We're the people that belong to our kingdom, uh, to his kingdom. We are a people whose citizenship is in heaven. We are people who have Christ living in us. So, of course, we are to be different, and that means we're to react differently from the way in which people in the world would react to such circumstances. So our overriding concern for our enemy, quote, should always be for their salvation. Well, if we're going to love our enemy, of course. But actually, you know, when you love your enemy, they soon cease to be your enemy. But yes, I mean, God wills the salvation of all men. He knows not all will be saved because not all will turn to him in repentance and faith. But he desires the salvation of all men. So again, if we have a heart after his heart, then we desire the salvation of all men, which means we want to be able to demonstrate God's mercy, not only to other Christians, but also to people in the world. You started the program today by sharing a story of somebody in your church whose son was murdered and they went and forgave the murderer. Do you know the outcome of that story? Because clearly that's what he was concerned about. Well, I do know that he got to see the man and he shared the gospel with him. Um, To be quite honest, this was a little while ago now and I can't remember whether the man actually turned to Christ at that time. But... uh, you know, I would I would imagine that he did, or um, I, I I think he went to see him on more than one occasion. At first, of course, the authorities didn't want to let him in because he was an interested party, but he insisted. He insisted, I must see this man. I must tell him that I forgive. And I I, I just wonder at that myself every time I think about it. I often use it as an illustration of just how it is possible for God to give. Um, somebody such a merciful heart. But you know, Julia, the outcome doesn't actually matter. Whether the man came to the Lord or not, I mean, we pray that he did, uh, but whether he did or not is not the point. What is the point is that that, that man who, who was, he, he actually subsequently, he and his family moved to the Channel Islands. Uh, no, sorry, the, Can- the Canary Islands. Um, so I, I'm not in sort of close contact with him. I saw him a little while ago in the Canary Islands, but I'm not in contact with him now. Uh, but you see, the whole point is he was faithful to the Word of God. He was demonstrating the mercy and the love of God because of his heart attitude, and that's the important thing. The outcome, you know, is not really our business. That's the Lord's business. Our business is to do what he tells us. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 